Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the London is Calling podcast. This is going to be a post-match review for the Chelsea versus Ajax Champions League game at Stanford Bridge. I am your host, as always, Ryan Beck, a.k.a. Carlito, and I am joined by my co-host and very good buddy, Polly Playoffs. How are we doing today, Paul? Woo! Still digesting that 4-4. Yeah, man, that was like a triple stack burger or something. Lots, lots to take in. So now I want to introduce someone who's going to be a regular on this podcast moving forward. He is a recurring guest, and now, like I said, he's going to be a regular. It's Pride of London's own editor and staff writer, Travis Tyler. How are we doing, buddy? I'm very tired after that. What a game. (laughs) It was a it was a Herculean marathon of a game. Oh yes. So I wanted to give a special shout out to our listeners in Virginia before we get started. Some call it the North, some call it the Deep South. I'll just call it America. (laughs) We have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. So Paul, this was a mammoth performance from both teams, really, and the referee. So I want you to get into it, Same and uh, yeah, let's start with the first thing on the docket. All right, so let's go straight to the lineups here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, we go Keppa, of course, mm-hmm. Aspilicueta, Zuma, Tomori, Alonzo, Jorginho, Kovacic, Willian, Mason Mount, Pulisic, and Tammy Abraham. What do you got, Travis? Uh Never have I seen what is probably our strongest lineup perform so terribly before. Yeah. Yeah. It really was a, an off game uh, for the first half, at least. Yeah, the amount of lethargy, just lack of accuracy in all three phases of the game, and then really, really poor decisions defensively. Yep. Keeper even switched off. Everybody switched off. Besides, quite frankly, our center backs, I thought that they were pretty decent. But and we, we're going to get into Marcos Alonso, no doubt about it. But, uh, Paul, I mean, what do you have for the lineup? So, worth noting, um, Ajax switched it up a little bit and, and went pretty attacking. Uh, they moved Ziyech from the wing into the middle and yeah. started David Neres. Carlito's boy. Mm. Uh, Love David Neres. Yep. So it was Tadic, Promise, Ziyech, Neres, Donny van der Beek, mm-hmm. and then Lissandra Martinez, Daily Blind, Veltman in the middle, and they're outside Taglifisco and Mazzari. So Taglifisco is Argentinian, right? Yes, he is. I believe he's 27 years old. He's one of their oldest players. He's a good player, though. He he had a great game. But, I, I mean, credit to Ajax. They they played well and caused us problems. They, <laughs> they had great service throughout the game. Unbelievable service. So, yeah. Uh, let's go to the statistics here. Mm-hmm. Ten shots for Ajax. Sorry, ten shots for Chelsea. Seven Five shots for Ajax, four on target. Mm-hmm. We had 52 possession. They had 48 possession. 
three corner kicks for us, six corner kicks for them, and three yellow cards for them, two yellow cards for us. Generally speaking, a tale of two halves. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get into it, obviously, but one of the things that I'm so insanely jealous about with Ajax is how wonderful they are with off-footed in-swinging balls. It's just unbelievable uh, how accurate they are with crosses and how inaccurate we have been for about four years. Yeah, and especially this season. Oh, my gosh. It hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the statistics, Travis? Um, they definitely aren't what I expected. I don't generally look at stats too awful closely, but, yeah, you know, first half we were just – played off even though their goals were only own goals basically uh second half we came out much better and then they scored their fourth and we decided to turn off again and then all the craziness happened and things got better (laughs) yeah i would say one of the main contributors to us getting back into form was christian pulisic i thought in the first half he was one of the only people being dangerous you know, offering a real true threat, both cutting inside and taking that player down the line with with a right-footed scissor to the left. And, you know, he caused that pandemonium of the, you know, the double red card and the penalty kick. And, you know, without that sequence of unfortunate events for the Dutch team, we absolutely would not have gotten a result here. Yep. Agreed. All right, so do you want to review the goals? Let's get into it. So started right after, right off the bat, third minute. Mm. Quincy Promise puts in a ball from a free kick on the left side. Uh, Tammy's right on it. It doesn't clear the the front post. It's a little bit of an awkward clearance for him, and it deflects into the net. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame from a player that's contributed so many goals for us that he contributes one against us. I'm not one to normally do this. I'm going to give him a pass. Yeah, it's tough. I, I'm going to make a point about that. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. This, this is his second own goal of the season. Not that that's a big deal. But in general, when we're defending set pieces, Tammy's right there in it. Yep. Yeah. And He makes a point to be right he, there. In well, it. that's his position. He's always at right. the front post, and he's it, our biggest guy. Of course. But he's bad at it. Yeah, <laughs> he's bad like, at clearances. Yeah, there has been a lot of set piece goals where it's been Tammy who's supposed to be the guy doing the thing, yeah. and he fails to do so because in his mind he's not thinking he's a defender. Even if he's doing a defensive duty, he. he I mean, look at that own goal. That's yeah. a striker's goal. <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying That's to put it in the net. He's not even here. thinking. That's a- that's some Freudian shit that you're introducing into the conversation. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, I mean, I understand why we defend our set pieces the way we do, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, it's often ridiculous. It's got to be better. clearly with Tammy, it's not a strong suit, and he keeps getting in these situations, and it's going to yeah. keep causing own goals. I mean, he's a goal Travis, scorer. It happens. Travis, I would offer a solution, and it's Rudiger. His height Fair. is comparable to yeah. Tammy Abraham's. And just right now, we are vertically challenged. Okay. But and so who do you bring think, Rudiger in for then? 
Oh, Kurt Zuma for sure. But they're about the same height, so why not just put Zuma in that position? Because yeah, because now you could th- point that would, that would make Tammy mark somebody. Yeah, it's mm. a fair point. I don't know. I I just think we got to work on it. He's got to work on it. Mm-hmm. Drilled man. All right. So goal number two comes at the fifth minute mark. Two minutes. Mm-hmm. Pulisic driving into the box, slide yeah. tackled and taken out. Jorginho converts the PK, just sliding it right on to the keeper's left. Very cool and calmly. Does. Mm-hmm. What are you guys' thoughts on that one? All right. So you got to love every single time a defender commits a penalty kick, it's never his fault. I don't think I've ever seen one where the defender just immediately accepts his fate and moves on. <laughs> There's always going to be some sort of inadvertent reaction where he's like, no, ref, dude, Pulisic got absolutely crucified on that hit. My goodness, man. That was was almost criminal. And for anybody to complain about that on Ajax, is, it's absurd. So, Greg penalty kick by Jorginho, but I do think that style, it's going to get saved again, like in the Man City Cup final, because those are not heavily weighted balls, and his little hop before he makes that penalty kick um, contact, it definitely decreases the velocity significantly. So, he's going to fuck it up again, and I don't know, I just guess it just comes with the territory of that style of penalty kick. Yeah, I'd agree. It doesn't look good when it gets saved, but at, you're playing the percentages, and he's pretty damn good at it, so I'll take it. Maybe just take a regular penalty kick like a regular human <laughs> being. That would really throw him off. Actually. Seriously. What do you got, Trav? Yeah. Yeah, so that penalty is a whole lot like the kind of penalty Joseph Martinez does at Atlanta United. Yeah. And for you're, a you're long right time, on. for a long time, he was just like Georgino, just bam, 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 go, go, go. And then he suddenly wasn't because keepers mm-hmm. figured it out. I don't this know. Year. Yeah, yeah, this year. So I don't know if that's coming down the road for George. If it is, you know, we have other penalty takers, supposedly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like other players could take it. It will, you know, just hit a wall at some point where some mm-hmm. smart keeper can see what's going to happen. But for now, it's okay. It's still a little unnerving to me. But if it works, it works. Yeah, unfortunately, our second penalty kick taker is our manager. So I I don't know how people are going to feel about that. All right, 20th minute. Ziyech crosses ball from the right touchline. Promise gets in behind Aspilicueta, napping a little bit. Mm -hmm. And heads it off the bounce into the net making it two to one IX. Okay. So Travis and I actually had a little interaction in real time on Twitter about this goal. And I believe this is the exact same goal that was called offsides in Holland or in Amsterdam. Am I, am I wrong on this? Actually, you're right on. He, he was called off. He, he probably was a little bit more offsides on that and one, but he was on to this one. Who was the right back marking that player? Yes. Same right back. Same right back. The same right back that I begged last night, Francis Lampard Jr., to not start. <laughs> to not start. Because he's got the legs of a 36-year-old and the reaction speed 
of a senior citizen. All right. This is all on as Piliqueta. He's ball watching and he's not being touched tight on his man. I don't care what you're doing. You have enough time to set yourself and to be able to touch the guy you're marking. You always want to, even if it's a little nibble of his jersey, you always want to know where your guy is. Aspilicueta was staring at the ball. That was backside slotted ball like you read about. And that is him not doing his job. And he should know better. You cannot use inexperience as an excuse. Okay? He was ball watching. He was not touched tight on his man. And it's not the first time. Trav? So generally, I'm a little more sympathetic to fullbacks because I was one. So was I. So was Paul. Yeah, well, okay. So (laughs) (laughs) I got you there. Guess I'm more sympathetic to when they make terrible mistakes. Sure. Um, So I watched that and I saw it was an excellent pass and an excellent running behind and an excellent shot. Now, having watched it a few times on replay now, I can see, yeah, Osbiliquetta should have stepped back, put on some pressure, you know, just not thought, not assumed that he was playing him off. Right. But it was just, that was their really, only, that was their most perfect goal of the day. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard for any player to stop something like that. He could have done better, but it's it's just such a perfect, pristine goal. I I like that observation it was perfect the ball was perfect the run was timed perfect and to be fair to them they're really good at it as as you pointed out Bex yeah uh you know they did it last game as well but that's that's your job as being on the like that you that's the one thing you got to stop from happening you got to be aware of it all right so I have two more things and then we can move on from this number one I think that if we went back to when the ball was served in, we should have been more anticipatory about them doing that because they've been doing it quite often, and especially against us. Okay, left-footed wing comes from the outside in and whips that ball. We need to start being more proactive and looking to preempt those types of situations. Blocking the cross, getting your body in, getting your head in. Doesn't matter. Okay, so we pro of all although the ball was incredible, no doubt, world class. Okay, props. I tip my hat. We need to be more anticipatory about that. Second, I feel like Van de Beek slipped as Pierre Lunesta in his water bottle before the game because that dude was snoozing. Oh man, inexcusable. Moving on. All right. Uh, the thirty-fifth minute. Mm-hmm. Tomori and Alonzo doubling down on a guy in the corner near the corner flag commit mm-hmm. a silly, f- in my opinion. Guy's not going anywhere. You got two guys on him. Ziek takes the free kick and bends it off the inside of the far post, uh, deflecting off off of Keppa's diving face and back into the net. Three one Ajax. Go ahead, Travis. <laughs> so first of all, they should never give keepers own goals. That just seems rude. <laughs> um, so before the game, Lampard spoke about fine margins, especially in the Champions League. Mm. This was exactly what he was talking about. Alonzo yeah. didn't need to make that foul. He had 
you know, Tamori could have communicated a little better, but Alonzo's the one that made the foul. He didn't need to do that. And then when the free kick came in, it hit the bar, smacked off Kepa's nose, and into the goal. So that shouldn't have happened. Even mm-hmm. even if the foul had happened, that free kick should not have gone in. But it did because of that one mistake. And that's the mm-hmm. small little details that happened throughout this entire game. Yep. And Lampard warned us. He said right. it was coming. And they did not listen. And this is probably the basic, biggest example of it. Yeah. Well, I think the smartest people in the world are the ones that can read the room that they're in. And you have to understand that those wings were looking for that all game. They were yeah. constantly looking for that maybe diagonally 30-yard out foul on the flanks, you know, and, and they, were, they were looking for us to bite both outside backs and center back. They were looking for those fouls because they have excellent servicers of the ball, okay? Second thing is this. Lampart needs to understand we need to sell Marcus Alonso in January. Okay. And that, if that means that we just, we, uh, who's, is it Matias? Who is our, who's our left back? Oh, that, that's an Academy player. Oh, Matson. Matson. Yeah. 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 Ian I probably Matson. pronounced that wrong, but no, no, no. I mean, look, you're fine. Ian Matson. Yeah. I think it's time to promote him and have Emerson be the starter from now on. Okay. Because Marcus Alonso, he has shown it time and time again, since he got, uh, in team of the year in 2016, he has shown that he is not up to snuff and he makes so many mental mistakes. And part of them are in part because he's too slow. And you can see it also with Asby. Both of these guys foul more than anybody else on our team. And they do it because they're overcompensating for the fact that they can't match for pace. Okay, so Alonso doing this, I mean, if we had lost that game, I, I would have really, really considered questioning Frank Lampard's judgment because I don't know how he could not, as a Mensa IQ guy, see what everybody else can see, and that is that Alonzo sincerely struggles against any small winger with pace. Okay, so that's all I have to say. Next time, Frankie, just don't do it because Alonzo flatters to deceive. He'll have one game, and he thinks that he can rest on those laurels for another three games, even if those three games are shitty. Okay, so don't take the bait anymore, dude. Moving on. I just think you got to take the good with the bad with Marcos. He scores goals. He has great games, but he's going to have stinkers like he did today. And in those games, you got to take them off. When was the last time he had more than three goals in a season? Last season. Didn't he have more than three? I don't think so. I think he did. Okay. I'll check. We'll check that. Yep. Anything? So I'm a big Alonzo defender generally. Good. We need that. Today's probably not the day for it. No. Yeah, he was just bad today. And when he starts to hit a bad run of form, it continues for a while until someone can take his spot. Emerson wasn't even on the bench, so he's either not fit or – some of those rumors about Lampard really not liking either of the left backs is probably a little true. Mm. But I thought Osbili Cueta did much better on the left than Alonzo even pretended to in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Matt's better. Matt, uh, sorry. He was, sorry to interrupt. He was better on the left than he was on the. 
Yes. Yeah, probably because he didn't have Absolutely. to defend anybody in the second half. Fair point. Yeah, that, that's also true. So, <laughs> I'm not totally convinced by Emerson. I'm not really convinced by Alonzo right now. Matson's gone at the World Cup, at the U-17 World Cup. Mm. So, I'd be completely okay with Osvilicueta, at least against Palace. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe a little longer than that, depending. Oh, uh, well, I, I would have to put Reese James on whatever side Wilfred Zaha's on. Because uh, Zaha scares yeah. the shit out of me. Yeah, he. I think he's generally on the left, but he can he really is. go anywhere. Right. So, yeah, no, but you're right. He does cut from the outside end. Yeah, but you know, I hope Alonzo comes back better. He gets harshly treated sometimes, yeah. but also I wouldn't mind us taking a harder look at you know maybe Ben Chilwell in January if we can buy, mm-hmm. just because I'm not completely satisfied with our options there, and mm-hmm. today didn't help. Okay, hey, Paul, Alonzo had two goals last year. Yikes. Juice is not worth the squeeze on that one. Fair. All righty. Moving on. All right. 55th minute, Ziyech, mm-hmm. once again, having himself a game, fizzes the ball into the box on the ground. A very open Donny van der Beek has a great first, first touch. Yep. And – Kills the ball right in front of him, slots it far post. It is now four to one. Ajax. <laughs> Donny V. So if you watch that play, I believe it was Zuma had to sprint out of position to the yeah, it was Tamori. Oh, it was Tamori. Yeah, it okay. was Tamori. I don't want to be the guy who says they both look like each other, but it was from a far distance and I couldn't tell. Yeah, Z- Zuma but, comes no, into the true. play later. He's not absolved, but right. Yes. No, no, he's not. He's not. But uh, Zuma does come in and he is too hasty. And that's not the first and that's not the only time that we came in too hasty on that right side. And we got burnt on the baseline, that, it, which is very concerning. But I'm going to slate my guy, my favorite player here, Kovacic was ball watching. And the, we had equal number of people in the box that they did. And Kovacic let Donnie V have all the time in the world to hit that ball. So that's what I saw. Now, maybe I was caught ball watching a little bit, and I, maybe I need to review that one. But from my perspective, everybody else had a man, and Kovacic let Donnie V wide open. Yeah, it was, it was a breakdown on a lot mm-hmm. of levels, which yeah. most of our conceded goals seem to be. Um, yeah. Tamori came out, missed the tackle, fell on his face. Um, Georgino was very hesitant to press, so they passed mm-hmm. around him. Kova didn't follow his man into the box, and now you have this big pocket of space in front of Zuma. And that's where the goal came from. Mm-hmm. So, and yep. it, it's worth mentioning that Reese James came on at the half, Zuma made that crazy run upfield, and we were doing much better at the start of the half yeah. until this goal. Yep. This and- goal was deflating exactly exactly yeah i couldn't tell if that was kurt zuma or uh oh yaya tore yeah beginning of the second half it it was like zuma gets the ball 70 yards sprint up the field couple step overs and then he he looks to slot it upper corner and just blast it over 
shoots it. The only the way a defender could. Yeah, I could think of no player on the team I would least want to take a shot at Zuma. <laughs> that is not his skill set. No. But apparently double scissors are. But I, like you said, we started the half well, and it was like, mm-hmm. all right, let, let's get back in this. And then they yeah. score, and it just deflates the whole the whole stadium. Mm-hmm. But 63rd minute comes, Pulisic once again cuts through the middle of the box, gets a pass from Willian, cuts the ball back across the box, and Aspie's on the back post to tap it in. Okay, so I've been railing against VAR, and this time I'm going to rail against VAR in a way that's not advantageous to our team. Aspie was offsides. It looked like he was. It did. He was, but he also saved it because that probably would have hit post and then gone in or out. Gone, well, gone in, gone out, who knows. But, yeah, the ball, Pulisic was great. Once again, just inserting his skill sets and how you know irrepressible he is in tight situations and it was a great ball. Again, you know, sometimes VAR is going to get it wrong. They did get it wrong. We got the goal. I'm going to take it, of course, but let's be real. Trav? So, when I was in school, I took a boxing class. All right. And I always got bad grades in defense because I couldn't really get into into it until I got punched in the face. (laughs) That's Osby. Osby had a terrible first half. He was punched in the face, and then he – came roaring out in the second when really no one else was doing so after that fourth goal. So, you know, if Osby's the guy that's got to get punched in the face to show up, fine. (laughs) So so you're talking about the inverse of Mike Tyson's statement about everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Osby doesn't have a plan. plan. He only had a plan. He doesn't have a plan until he gets decked. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. I like like that. So that makes it four. 71st minute. Tammy is slide tackled outside of the top of the box by Daily Mm -hmm. Blind, who has a yellow card. Mm -hmm. Referee rightfully allows the play to play on. Ball finds Callum, cuts off the top, cuts off the left side, shoots the ball. The ball hits the hand of the second center back, Beltman, who's in the box. And at that point, the referee stops the play, goes back, gives Blind the yellow card, his second yellow. Mm-hmm. He's out with the red. Comes back to Veltman, gives him a yellow. That's his second yellow. He's out. And then we get a PK awarded. Jorginho proceeds to once again do his little gallop. Slot it to the keeper's left, and it is now four to three. All right, so Travis, I have seen thousands of games. Mm-hmm. I have coached thousands of games, and that's not a joke. I've been coaching for now thirteen years, and I've never seen a sequence as bizarre and as fruitful for the team I'm rooting for. <laughs> that. The, the, all those confluence of, event, of events, all those circumstances coming together in this conglomeration of lucky shit, it was it was something else, man. That was one for the books. Yeah, I mean, 
if there's any refs that are teaching a course anytime soon, put this yeah. video, this clip into it. Yeah. I had to watch it a few times to understand exactly what happened for each red. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't understand why the initial tackle by blind didn't stop the play. But if it had, then you don't get Tammy, not Tammy, then you don't get Hudson Odoi taking the shot yep. that caused the other yellow card. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's just such a strange, like, sequence, like you guys said. And, you know, if I was a ref, I'd love to analyze it, but that's yeah. never going to happen. <laughs> well, I saw, on, I saw online people are saying the ref botched that. Even the announcers said the ref botched that. I think the exact opposite. No, no, I no. I think no, he no. showed an enormous amount of restraint and let the play play out as the way it should because he knew he was going to come back to Daily Blend anyway and give him that second yellow. That was never going to change. But him allowing the play to play out, I thought showed poise and a level of understanding that's above some of the other refs in the English Premier League. So Absolutely right. I thought he got it right on, not because – it turned out so well for us, but just because that is exactly what you do. You let the play play on the balls mm-hmm. one play, you know, we still, this is a scoring opportunity and it's just a crazy run of events. I agree with you. Never seen anything like it. So from there, it is now four, three Ajax. They're down two men mm-hmm. and a good corner from William. Mm-hmm. finds Zuma's header and goes off the crossbar, bounces out to Reese James, who smashes mm-hmm. it home. Four to four. <laughs> Go ahead, Trav. I'm not really sure James is a fullback. But <laughs> who cares? I mean, he's just able to do everything, it seems. Yeah. But yeah. the thing he likes to do most is cross. Um, You know, at this point of the game, it's really hard to start analyzing things because they're down to nine. Yeah. We're just smashing against them until something happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely good to see James get the goal just because he had been the sub that kind of started the turnaround. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really hard to pull too much else out of it for mm-hmm. me anyway. I mean, I think that – I've seen many a Chelsea player and players from other teams completely sky those situations mm. because they're trying too hard. And the fact that he, he showed so much adept poise and calmness under extreme pressure in that situation, he kept that completely down. Yeah. That was a world-class strike. Now, obviously, most world-class goals you'd say come from further out and all that, but – all of those things coming together doesn't mean it's not true. He hit that perfectly. And there's no way the keeper was going to say that. And Ajax has, in my opinion, a top seven in the world keeper, at least. He is tremendous. He wasn't getting that shit. So at that point, it's the 74th minute. We still... Oh, by the way, his his, uh, celebration, I still get chills, dude. It was just so incredible. Oh, my gosh. Absolute beans at the bridge. Yeah. So, at that point, we still have a good, you know, 15 minutes to play. Mm-hmm. As Piliqueta scores, 
what looks like a good goal in the 78th minute, only to be called back by VAR. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the game, we get four minutes stoppage time added, which is a little bit confusing. Not only were there the two red cards, not only were there multiple stoppages for VAR, there were injuries. There were yes. both teams used all their subs. Okay, this wasn't a normal game by any means. Four minutes isn't very far off from a normal stoppage time addition. Mm-hmm. Just made no sense. So the ASP goal that was called back was the correct call? Yep. Tammy Abraham absolutely got a hand on that. And whether or not it was intentional, most handballs are actually not intentional. But, yeah, it was the right call by the referee, 100%. He got it right. And the four minutes thing, as soon as they announced it, they panned right to Frank Lampard, who did what every other person in the stadium and watching on TNT said, laugh, chuckle, four minutes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So Frank Lampard was all of us at that moment because he was baffled and mystified. And you could do nothing but just laugh. Yeah, absolutely. Ridiculous. Trav? So I accept that VAR got that right, and it was a Tammy handball, mm-hmm. but it's a stupid decision. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy had no idea that ball was coming towards him. No. His hand is at his side. He's looking a completely different direction as the ball comes to his hand. Mm-hmm. It, I, I can I understand why the rule is the way it is, but that had no influence on the play. Agreed. Uh, yeah. And this is where VAR creates such an issue. Right. It's the whole spirit of the law versus the letter of the law thing. And yes, VAR is very much letter of the law. And we've gone so long, you know, just watching games in the spirit of the law, refs making decisions in the spirit of the law, and now VAR is coming against that. Yep. Yeah, but Travis, that's why I've been raving against VAR is because it doesn't allow for any nuance. And there are a well, lot of times where plays like this are very situational, and plays like this do require nuance. So, okay, I like do- VAR when the ref can actually go watch what happened. Mm-hmm. When it's like it's done here or done in England, where it's just some mysterious yeah. person in the sky telling them what's going on, that's no good. If they can actually run over, see a screen, and say, yep, I got that wrong, that's fine. But I don't like it this way. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they, they need to clarify on the rules because at this point, if the ball hits a hand at all, it's a handball. Right. Like, and I don't know. You slow any of these plays down, it's like you could call something on most of them. Well, you, if you slow any NFL play at the line down, you can call holding. Okay? And then with the MLB, it's the same thing. Okay? And the more technology we introduce into the game, the more fans are going to be more and more dissatisfied. With VAR, with now there's going to be – robotic umpires in the MLB and the NFL, the refs are terrified of making a mistake. And inherently that makes them make more mistakes because there's so many fucking cameras on the field. Okay. I hate this VAR shit. I think we just need to do away with all of it. 
and say, you know what? If the ref missed it, he missed it. Jog on, dude. Score another goal if you're so dissatisfied. Yeah. Apparently next week there's going to be a meeting regarding uh, the option for managers to appeal. Similar like a challenge flag? Yeah, yeah similar than that That's going to be even worse. It's going to be even worse. I, yeah, I agree. It's going to I mean, Guardiola will challenge everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll make the challenge flag like a yarmulke so we can reach it really quickly. <laughs> throw it onto the field. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait for this. Oh, God. I, I don't know. I can't see it happening. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But he, Trev's totally right. Guardiola will exploit the shit out of this rule. Yeah. So what are you guys generally on the outcome of the game? How it all went? Go ahead, Trev. Uh, it is extremely weird to have a game that feels like a, dr- a draw stolen away yep. from a loss yep. while also kind of feeling a bit robbed at the end. Yep. <laughs> I saw that tweet. Yeah. It was good. Well said. Uh, I, I hope our takeaway from this game isn't, yay, we won, or we drew 4-4, and we're, I guess we're technically top of the group. Mm-hmm. I hope our takeaway is we were getting smashed 4-1, and we need to solve these issues, because as soon as we get back from break, it's away to Manchester City, yeah. And away to Valencia a few days later, and that's a must win now. Mm-hmm. And we can't play like we did today, away to either of those teams, and expect to get anything going in this season. Yeah. Well said. Um, normally, I don't give this player a ton of props because I don't want him starting on this team, but Kurt Zuma actually play, played pretty damn well. Tamori always plays relatively well. Uh, our outside back play was abhorrent, and I'm embarrassed that they started when I railed against it last night, and Frankie went with – I don't even know. It's not even the fan option. He just went with the option he thought was the best, and normally he gets these things right. But Francis Lampard Jr. got it absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. And, you know – Willian and Azpilicueta, they only started playing well when Ajax got two red cards. See, so I'm totally discounting their contributions for the last 35 minutes of the game. Willian was horrible today. I can't tell you how many times he lost the ball. All right, but sure, all of a sudden he's cutting in from the outside and on the right side when he's got a ton of space. Dude, do it when there's 11 players on the field and act like you're a 31-year-old veteran pro world-class guy instead of some moron that still does 18-year-old flicks that kids do at futsal. Jesus. On top of that, Pulisic was our only threat going forward before the red cards and after the red cards. He was so dynamic, and he just doesn't get the ball enough. I think we need to feed him even more. Calum Hudson-Odoi, he's not fit yet. He's still not fit. And if we buy Jaden Sancho, I'm not even certain he's a starter. So that's, that's really what I saw. Those are my final thoughts. I like it. Some strong points there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree with you to the extent that as, as well as Frank has done up to this point in the season, he's got to build a defense. And that's, for a lot of people, 
look at Arsenal, the toughest thing. Um, I think Reese James is a huge asset, and he needs to start going forward. Showed it today. Mm-hmm. The center backs, Rudiger is getting healthy. I want to see more of him for sure. Zuma was really good. He seemed to found some form in there. Can't criticize him at all. But as Piliqueta, maybe he's maybe he's on the left from now on. Uh, it was just tough without having Emerson healthy and fit for today. Mm-hmm. So all of that being said, we are now tied at the top three ways. Ajax, Valencia, and us. Still a lot of games to be played. Yikes. But it is pretty clustered up there. It helps that we have head-to-head against Ajax now because that's the first tiebreaker. Yeah. Valencia, as long as we get the job done, we'll be okay on that one. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're going to need Lily to do us a favor. Yeah. Can't count on that. I'm not going to count on that. We shouldn't count on that. No, we shouldn't. Players of the game. Go ahead, Travis. So, I'm going to say Reese James. Because Mm -hmm. up until now, I don't think I quite understood the totality of the hype about him. Mm. I looked at him as more of a young unpolished player but after today I mean he was in it he was all over it and I don't really care where he plays I don't care if it's in midfield I don't care if it's at fullback I want to see more of him I'm I'm on board totally now mm-hmm. so I'm also going to go with Reese James and normally when you see players that have that type of skill set or that type of a profile, they're defensively deficient. He's not. He is a two-sided player. He's like, you know, Kawhi Leonard in the NBA. He can do both, and he's also very creative. And there was times at Wigan last year where he actually played center mid as well. So this is an all-action performer, very versatile, okay? And he's not like a rover or a utility guy, because I believe that right back is his very best position. And yeah, to me, he just stole that spot outright today. And it would be a travesty for him to all of a sudden go back onto the bench. He's healthy. He's clearly the best option. And I think Frankie needs to do the right here, right thing here and move forward with the guy that's clearly, uh, Unbelievable. And will continue to only get better. What do you got, Paul? Game, Christian Pulisic, start to finish, our most dangerous dynamic player going forward. Mm -hmm. He was consistent. And I loved seeing him play through the middle when Mason Mount came off with injury. Mm -hmm. And it's great to see him blossoming in the team and really coming into his own uh the club really got it right with him yeah there's no question about it yeah i think american fans are really breathing a sigh of relief because all of a sudden when you're four or five premier league games in and words like loan 
all of a sudden become a <laughs> thing, that is cause for immediate concern. Yep. I'm feeling much more comfortable in my Pulisic jersey right now. Uh, my man. Far far more than I ever did in the Miazga one. <laughs> oh, that's a travesty Travis. Uh, it was a birthday gift that I asked for. You know that he had, I believe, one half of one game. He played his only performance for Chelsea. Right, so he played the full game, and it oh, was amazing. Did. And I bought the jersey. And then he played half of the next one, and That's Goose never was. played him again. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what happened. He's totally correct on that. All right. So this weekend we have Crystal Palace. No Jorginho. Jorginho will be out, so we should get some N'Golo Conte. Great. And All right. Mount will be out too, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mount likely also to be out with ankle injury which same ankle he injured uh, a couple weeks back Mm -hmm. we'll wait to get the report on that one you know it's interesting with mason mount and i've been reading more 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 about him there is some criticism that he drifts in and out of games and that he doesn't like they'll go there'll be 10 minute stretches where he doesn't make any impact and i noticed that again today and I don't know if he is an in-betweener, but I don't think he is a pure attacking mid, and he's certainly not a pure winger. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully when we play Crystal Palace, we'll be able to start – or sorry, we'll be able to start Kovacic, Billy Gilmore, and Kristen Pulisic in that midfield. You know, that's that's really just what we need to be doing going forward, you know meritocracy just playing the best players you know <laughs> you, you just got to go with the best players so um final thought <laughs> trav um so after the palace game it is the winter slog you games every three days mm-hmm. and it goes all the way through march yeah. what whatever's happened up to that point you know, after this Palace game, that's one part of the season. Mm-hmm. That can all be destroyed in the winter, and it can all be completely changed in the winter. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel confident going into it, but games like today make me a little iffy on it. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. we've got to keep – we've got to have that right mentality, which we've had, but we need to maintain – it throughout we need to rotate we need to play the right players at the right times mm-hmm. it's going to be a long winter and you know i hope it's not all like today Jesus no. yeah i mean health is probably priority number one right absolutely yeah i mean rudiger's gotta be healthy emerson i don't know what the situation is there and maybe ben Shilwell is the alternative but Something needs to be done about the left back position, and I don't want Espelicueta out there. So, you know, there's that. And then there's our midfield getting healthy again. Ruben maybe starting to get some time or at least getting some training sessions under his belt. And then, you know, on November 20th, if we actually do get that transfer ban lifted, I would like for us to obviously, if we can, get Sancho 
maybe another striker, offload a striker, and then who knows, maybe Ben Showell. So that's like where it. I'm at. My other thing before Paulinho UX about Pulisic, did you see his techers at that midfield line? Oh, where he yeah. based oh, – oh, my God. And everybody stopped because everybody thought it was out of bounds. He completely dusted those players that were pressing him. <laughs> it was awesome. That was some Bernardo Silva shit. Sticky feet. Oh, yeah, the stickiest. So Pulisic had his 24th Champions League appearance today. Oh, boy. Surpassing Jermaine Jones, who had 23, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um as the most capped American in the Champions League. And he's 20 years old? That's it. I don't know if to be, if to be proud for him or pretty depressed about the, the state <laughs> of the United States men's national team. Because that's not good if he's doing that at 20 years old. Oh, man. I know. Heads and shoulders above everybody else. Serginho Dest will get a lot of... Appearances yes, moving forward. He's he's pretty good. He didn't play today. No, he did not. They're probably still mad at him for defecting away from the Dutch national team. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Trav? Um, yeah, I mean, I would have sworn Jones had done a lot more mm-hmm. games in the Champions League than that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's people don't seem to really recognize that other than maybe William or Pedro Pulisic's our most experienced champions league player in the entire team. Well, Osby Quetta too. There's a few, but you know, he was doing this stuff at 18 at Dortmund mm-hmm. who aren't that far off from where Chelsea is. Even back then now doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, he, he's the real deal. Yep. Um, you know, there's other Americans coming up in the game, and I wouldn't mind seeing more of them at Chelsea. They're not all going to be Matt Miazga, mm-hmm. <laughs> although I still have hope. <laughs> but, I'd take know, a look at McKinney. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Weston McKinney, uh, Tyler Adams, uh, Dest. There, there's a few, but yeah. Pulisic stands above them. Mm-hmm. And, no you question. know, in a week he'll be with the international team again. And he's gonna, he's good, he's definitely gonna be a leader now. You yeah. know, last break he ended it in tears because Burhalter's an idiot. He's a fucking asshole. Um, you know, he's gonna come back, and they're all gonna be looking at him because yeah. he's the man right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's see what happens. Love Hopefully, it. Burhalter gets fired, but we'll see. Hey, let's hire Josie Mourinho. Yeah. Oof. Uh, bring us home, Kylito. Okay, so again, fellas, I had a really good time in this post match for Champions League against Ajax. Game was at the bridge. It was a thriller, to say the least, and a really strange one. But I had a great time. Trav, as always, thanks for thank you. on. Paulinho, yeah. thank you for Pleasure. your time as well, guys. And to our listeners, I will absolutely be putting this up tonight. Thank you for listening. You give us reviews, retweet. The whole deal, that'd be awesome. Other than that, this has been London is Calling, and uh, we will see you against Palace. Cheers. <laughs>